Uh, hey, patrons, this is a special thank you uh, to everybody. This is a patron-only episode, and it's interesting because originally I was thinking it would be, be like an episode to celebrate patrons with the broader uh, community. It was based on some posts some people made. I did uh, put the episode, I recorded the episode a few weeks ago, uh, so I didn't get a chance to use everybody's posts, but I appreciate the people that did post on there. Uh, and if I didn't get a chance to use yours, I apologize. I really do appreciate everybody that participated. If you uh, haven't put in your info for the survey yet, please, please check your Patreon messages. Log into Patreon, check your messages, and fill out the survey. Uh, really hoping to get uh, probably about uh, 500 more patrons. So I don't know if you're one of those 500 people. I'd like you to if, get your name in there. I just met with the printer yesterday. And I'm using a local printer here, you know, so spread the money around uh, this community, too. So I think that's it, uh, patrons. Enjoy this episode. I really appreciate you enjoying uh, or your your support. Uh, I hope you're enjoying sleeping, uh, uh, but I really couldn't have done it without you. Uh, that's what this episode is about is, uh, like, again, I kind of undersell this uh takes a lot of work to put out the show, 90 hours a week on my end, uh, then all the work that uh, the, the work that the editors put in, the work that Night Vale and PRX put into the show, uh, and that wouldn't have been possible. It's always taken kind of that long. I mean, for a long time I supplemented it uh, uh, myself uh, financially and then, like, worked a job uh, and it didn't quite as work as much. Uh, but, uh, like, uh, w- that wasn't sustainable. And now the show is at a sustainable point, really, because of you and, uh, you know, just saying, hey, this is important to me. Yeah, I know it takes a lot of work. Let me give uh, some value back. Uh, so thank you so much. Uh, all right. Hey, everybody. This is Scoots. This is like, uh, I don't know, this is going to be an experimental episode where we'll see where, where the story goes. Because uh, I wanted to research. I heard this story one time. Uh, and I'm not sure, it kind of goes two different ways. That uh, Once upon a time, uh, there was this uh, maker that lived in this uh, small village. And uh, at first they, did, they didn't even realize. And in, in some of the stories, they're, they're, uh, they grow flowers. And some of the stories, they bake bread. In other stories, they, they make uh, other things. But uh, they, they kind of like lived and they, made, they worked on, huh, how am I going to make this? Uh, I want to make this bread or grow, grow this specific kind of flour. And for a couple of years, they tried to figure that out. And, and they, they would just give away the, the, as they were trying to make it. Let's just say, they think it's flowers, but like for the short version, we'll say it's bread. And they started giving away this bread. They say, hey, come and try this bread. Let me know what you think. Uh, or just take it, kind of like a community garden, but for bread. And believe it or not, like they put a lot of work into this. And, and uh, this is a thinly veiled metaphor, yes. Uh, and they they support everything. They bought the flour. They bought the yeast. I mean, look, it was just kind of basic stuff: flour, yeast, water. And they supported everything with a full time job. And they worked, you know, an, an additional a lot of hours making this bread and figuring it out. You know, first time it was just an experiment, right? They said, uh, hey, like, let me just see how this goes. I like making bread. I wonder if anyone would like my bread. And uh, the means at this time was like, oh, just give your bread away for free. Then you'll develop an audience for your bread. And they did that for a while, actually for about two years, uh, as the story goes. This is only my memory of the story. I'm going to dig into this to see what's true and what's not. And eventually, like, uh, they said, okay, well, I'll try to make it, I'll try to do this free bread thing for like two years. It is a lot of work, not really sustainable, uh, you know, because I put a lot of other stuff on hold while we're doing, you know, trying to balance everything. And I guess at the end of two years, what they said was like, okay, I still really enjoy this and I really want to do it, but I really can't uh, keep this pace up for forever. And it's kind of interesting, you know, there's like not really a means for me because there's like the big market breads and stuff. Uh, there wasn't really a mechanism in this metaphor it doesn't necessarily work, but, you know, that they uh, would say, OK, now I'm going to start charging for my bread uh, because then only, a exclu- you know, then a much smaller people like audience would be able to eat their bread as opposed to just say, hey, come by and take a loaf. You know, if they val- they they said, well, it takes me this amount of hours to make the bread. This is the cost, the ingredients. Uh, 
this is kind of how I learned if they charged, then it would be like a, maybe one out of every hundred people that were taking the bread would say, oh, okay. And so then the other 99 people wouldn't get the bread. So they said, oh, okay, that doesn't work. And at this time, they'd gathered quite a, um, a decent amount of people coming on a regular basis and consuming bread. Uh, and not really because it was free, just because that was like the mechanism. It was more like, oh, I really like this bread. Really, uh, it was a be- bed. It was called bedtime bread in this uh, case. Uh, uh, so then they said, okay, let's slowly try to figure this out. And then over the next like four years, uh, they kind of figured out like uh, that there was this one community of people that liked their bread. Uh, it was like about 16 to 20,000 people who were willing to kind of say, Hey, we'll, uh, Hey, you want a spot to make your, let me, uh, here, you want some money to go buy the flour? Oh, I realize, you know, you got to work and you know, that, that let me pay you for your work that goes into it. Oh, like how, how do you distribute all that bread? Yeah, well, we just did like it. And they said, Oh, well, you know, what if we align your company? And then, Oh, if you support, so, over the years, they ended up distributing over 120 million loaves of bread. In this case, it was virtual bread, though. Uh, and uh, they, uh, and then, um, like, uh, the, just those 16 or 20,000 people supporting them d- did it. And I guess, like, I, I don't know, I, I thought I'd be like, I mean, I'm definitely going to do a story here about it, but now that I'm talking it out, I'm like, okay, this is pretty thinly, like, I don't know. We did the time capsule, and that was really what the time capsule about was celebrating the fact that uh, really the show was able to get distributed 120 million. Oh, now way over that, but or now a lot, like quite a bit over that. But uh, like in six years, the show was able to be distributed over 120 million times uh, because of those 16 to 22,000 people who went out of the way to support the show. Uh, through the sponsors or buying merch or becoming a patron. And so when we did the time capsule, the whole idea was uh, to kind of capture that. It's just really tough to communicate, like, how much that means to me, I guess. that uh, I don't know. that, that uh, like uh, that I, I don't know. It's just amazing, those numbers. Uh, 120 million a- a downloads, more the episode the show we got. Uh, and that, like, I literally couldn't have done it myself. I don't know if th- that's really the meaning of the metaphor. And that a lot of people, like, either weren't in a position financially or uh, feelings-wise to support the show. Those are kind of the, like, main reasons people don't support the show is either they can't uh, or there's just, like, uh, they got a lot else other stuff going on or they're sound asleep. Uh, I guess those are the main three reasons, like, uh, that it's just a collective, small group that supports the show, like, comparatively. And that's the case for almost all podcasts is like, yeah, most people are either sound asleep, uh, really busy. You got a lot of stuff on your mind and, you know, your life is full and, uh, and then, yeah, there's people that just can't afford it. And those are all perfect. The beauty is that we can provide something for all those people, uh, the people that fiscally or lifefully are not in a position to support the show. And so, so I don't know, I guess I kind of harp on it sometimes, but it's really impressive to me that, yeah, in two, when I, after I made the show two years, I could not have kept it going without the people that did support the show then and then have continued to join in. So, yeah, I did want to think about a story uh, that I had heard that's similar. And it was, yeah, it was somewhere a long time ago. It, it was a... Uh, this is just isn't working. I guess this just isn't working for a story. So, um, huh. Never been in this position before. Because they said, well, you sh-, and the reason is because uh, when you're like really on, um, you know, I don't know, when you, when, it, when one of the things, and I, but I'm going to lean in here. I'm going to keep going. Uh, like w- when I make the show, uh, sometimes you could be too, uh, like, it's kind of like holding things loosely, right? Is uh, the easiest way that where the stories come from. So let me see if I can, uh, yeah. Cause so, so, so usually it's like, okay, let's try to, um, like go somewhere. I think it like, 
about uh, how grateful I am. I'm sitting here under a quilt that a bunch of listeners made me. I have a binder of poetry that listeners sent me a while ago nearby. And uh, those are kind of both more like, uh, and then I have a podcast that uh, that people have supported that I'm able to keep free and not behind a paywall. So uh, a lot of gratitude. And so I I guess I think like uh, if I could fly, like where would I go? And like one place I think I would head is uh, over into Colorado uh, I know Golden, Colorado, has got a population of like 20,942 people. And uh, Kimberly's uh, from there. Uh, and I, I know it's a, like, like not only is it a nice nice place, when I think of Golden, Colorado, I think of a couple of things. I think of like the commercials for the uh, substance that's made there. Yeah, but I also think of the movie American Flyers with uh, Kevin Costner. Uh and uh, other people are in that movie that I can't remember, a, a movie about bicycling. And I think I talked about it on the podcast a few years ago. I said, I wonder if this that movie is a veiled metaphor for addiction, uh, because, uh, or if I was just projecting onto the movie the last time I saw it. What's interesting is, I don't know if I saw the movie, but I think I saw it after I got sober, because I said, I really loved this movie as a kid. It's about uh, bike racing. It may have been the last major motion picture about bike racing. There was a bunch of bike, there was a movie where um, Kevin Kevin Bacon, right around the same time, there was a movie where Kevin Bacon was a bike messenger, Quicksilver, and that was American Flyers. Uh, and I think that's where Kimberly met her long-term boyfriend. I think about that. Then uh, I think about uh, Black-Eyed Susan, the, the flower, the state flower of Maryland. Uh, where I, I learned from uh, Kristen that, uh, the, the, you know, the state sport in Maryland is jousting. Do you believe uh, that's, that's wild? And, you know, a lot of us are familiar with Baltimore, especially those of us that like the wire. Uh, then Frederick, Maryland, or Friedrich maybe, uh, is it has about 70,000 residents. It's pretty wild that, uh, one episode of Sleep With Me, it, it, when I'm recording this, gets uh, as many listeners as half of the city of Baltimore. Uh, that's pretty wild. Uh, then I think about uh, New York, Merrick, New York, which has 22,000 people. And the fact that Melissa let me know uh, that, you know, a lot of people, including myself, thought that Ben and Jerry are from Vermont, right? Because that's where their business is, the ice cream business. Uh, but we learned, Melissa let me know, that uh, they're actually from Merrick. Uh, they met in a gym class in middle school there. Not only that, uh, Debbie Gibson, who, who I can't think of one of her songs right now, uh, plus, they probably wouldn't, shouldn't bring it up now in a sleep podcast anyway. Uh, lived is from Merrick. Uh, Lindsay Lohan's mother is from there as well, Dina. And uh, I don't know how far Ronkakama is from Merrick, uh, but uh, I do know that's a great city and about the same size uh, as the amount of people that have like really uh, been the wind in the sail of the podcast. That's cool. Uh, Christine, uh, is from Indiana and, uh, she, she let me know that the, oh, I can't say it, but peony, how do you say that flower? Peony, peony, like, I don't, I don't know. Uh, and there's a town about that size, uh, 16 to 22,000 named Laporte there. And maybe those of you on your way to Michigan or Chicago seen it, uh, it's near Lake Michigan. Uh, it gets lots of lake effect snow, like with Syracuse, where I grew up. Um, and speaking of Baltimore, Christy is from Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, again, the state of the black-eyed Susan. Now, Westminster, Maryland has a population of 18,648. Uh, and the abstract painter Clifford Still has a 22-acre farm uh, near Westminster where he used a barn as a studio. 
And that is something I would like to experience is like uh, walking through a field of black-eyed Susans and uh, heading towards uh, the barn. Uh, and, you know, uh, maybe it's now a museum. I don't know if it's still a working barn or it's a museum. Also, I'd like to see that as an abstract painting and not know it and then later be told it and then see what I like, like, a. I guess, I don't think that's a Rorschach test where you say, okay, show me an abstract painting and then see if I say barn, flowers, or a studio. Or believe it or not, I say, well, that feels like Westminster, Maryland to me. Uh, but, you know, those curly cues feel like, uh, yeah, because popula- its population is 18,000 about. And, uh, yeah, I'm getting a, the, the stillness in the background. Is that symbolic of Clifford still? So that's interesting to me. I know Diane is from the the central coast, uh, from New South Wales, Australia. Uh, uh, their state flower is the uh, warata, W-A-R-A-T-A-H, uh, warata. Uh, I think uh, Kempsey in uh, New South Wales has a population of about 12,000. And Diane's stopped there on the way to Rainbow Bay in Queensland, uh, which is Diane's favorite place. Uh, And I would love to go there. Also, I'd probably love to sing a song, Do You Know the Way to Rainbow Bay? I wonder if I could have like a fourth career as like an Australian lounge singer. I mean, probably not, but... uh, uh, you say, okay, well, that'd be interesting. I'd, like, uh, that would be only the only song. The, he only has one song, old scoots. Uh, uh, he see, he performs, uh, nightly in Kempsey and it's a joke because he says, do you know the way to rainbow Bay? And everyone says, yep. You know, that we're on the way, we are on the way. Maybe that should be the sign for Kempsey. Uh, Kempsey, uh, NSW. We're on the way to Rainbow Bay. What do you say? Also, have a great day. Uh, so thank you, Diane. Uh, Paul from Illinois. Now, their state flower is the violet, uh, which is a tangent. You know, with multiple tangents I could think about. Now, Marion, Illinois is an Illinois town with uh, 17,193 people. And it also has about, oh, so it has said the population. Uh, it was the home of the last steam locomotive uh, used in regular freight service uh, in the U- U.S. Uh, on the Crab Orchard in Egyptian Railway until 18, 1986. I thought for a second that Marion was a place from uh, Blues Brothers, but now I'm thinking that's Joliet, Joliet Jake. Uh, and then they go, I don't know if they, I don't think they stop in Marion. Uh, now, Violet makes me, of course, think of Violet Beauregard. I don't know where Violet Beauregard was from. Uh, she was no shrinking Violet. I wonder if that's why they came up with the name. Uh, Violet was the one that chewed the gum, right? Because, yeah, there's, um, also, I haven't seen the newer version written by the great John August, uh, like recently enough for my brain to like make up, you know, my synapses have since, uh, withered in apathy. So I can't say, uh, uh, so anyway, I can't remember any of the characters. Oh, Mike TV just popped in my head. Um, so Pommy says, uh, that, you know, don't forget scoots, uh, like not everybody's from a, a place in the world that has states, uh, which I do appreciate. And I was like being a little bit more, uh, focused on that or that has state flowers. Uh, they are from a single undivided nation. Uh, so, uh, I always like uh, when I'm wrong, I'm definitely wrong. And, uh, sometimes I'm like a little bit too focused on, uh, yeah, so so I apologize for that. Now, Janet asks, uh, or Janet's from Pennsylvania. She didn't ask anything. I asked Janet, what's your uh, state flower? It's a mountain laurel. And Westchester is the county seat of Chester County. Uh, that's where uh, Janet served uh, uh, jury duty. 
Its population is 18,000, and it's home to the QVC Studios. And uh, I guess that's surprising and then not surprising, because they say maybe I knew that, uh, but maybe I didn't. Uh, so that's, the, the, the I, I say, well, I wouldn't know the way to Rainbow Bay. Tell me, can you see how to get thee to QVC? That could be Westchester County. That would be a confusing sign, but... Yeah, but that's something to think about. Uh, uh, then uh, Lois Anna, Lois Anna. I always say both because uh, I've gotten it wrong so many times. It's from uh, Saskatchewan. Now, their provincial flower is the prairie lily, also known as the tiger lily. And Moose Jaw is a nearby town. It's got 30,000 residents, and they're called... Uh, the residents are called Moose Javians. Uh, I like that. Uh, they also have an excellent natural mineral spa. And uh, you could go underground. There's a place to tour, uh, uh, like, uh, beneath Earth. That's cool. Uh, Moose Javians. Uh, also, Tiger Lily. I don't know if that, that makes me think of... Uh, uh, different things of like uh, Tiger Lily was that like a Natalie Merchant, Natalie Merchant, and Tiger Belly more recently. Uh, then I think the next stop would be visiting Heather in Yorkshire, York, Yorkshire, or Yorkshire, but Yorkshire I think is the correct pronunciation. Their county flower is the Harebell, Harebell, H A R E B E L L. If I was saying it like a hare is a bunny, the harebell, or the haribell, the old harebell, man, that'd be a good, like, uh, I mean, if it was H-A-I-R, harebell, that could be like when you don't feel, when you wake up and you don't feel good, you say, you're coming into work today? No, got I got my harebell wrong last night or this morning. And you say, oh boy. Scoots is you say say yeah. Here, so uh uh Pennystone of South Yorkshire has a population of twenty two thousand nine oh nine. In ten sixty six the township was owned by Al Reek uh and uh, it was involved in the Norman conquest. Uh yeah, like a lot going on there, a lot of history. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I would like to visit there. Uh, uh, I, I, I like the idea of the, the, the Saxons and Normans. Uh, I remember we played a video game back uh, when I was a youth uh, at my friend Charlie's house. Uh, can't remember what it's called now, but I should have. It was made by a game that wanted to make like cinematic video games. I don't know. They had a Three Stooges game. Like a Saxon and Normans game, uh, they had like a like Chicago Prohibition game. I think it was Cinema Quest was maybe the name of the company. I don't know if that game was called Castle Quest. It could have been. Uh, Kate now is next up in Maine, uh, which FYI, Maine's the only state flower who's not a flower at all. It's a white pine cone. And that is useful information. Uh, it became the, the state flower following its use in the National Garland of Flowers at the 1893 World's Fair. Uh, Brunswick, Maine has a population of about 20,000. It's 45 minutes north of Portland. It's home to Bowdoin College. It's home to the Perry McMillan Arctic Museum which sounds really cool. Uh, and Kate, you could sometimes catch Kate at the uh, uh, the theater project there. And if you're ever visiting Maine, uh, definitely come in mid-October, glorious time of year to be there. Uh, I read a lot of books from a Maine-centric author. Uh, that's not p- proper for a sleep podcast, but... Uh, you know, I always think about it. Uh, Mark, next up, we stop. We're flying into California to visit Mark. And, uh, you know, California, we have the California poppy, Laguna Beach, uh, 
is there. It's a beach town, 22,000. It's home to the Festival of Arts, the Sawdust Festival, Pageant of Masters, an amazing event where famous works of art are recreated on stage with live actors. And it's worth the ticket price. And I know it's like uh, anybody, you know, any like uh, kids from the aughts or teens from the aughts or tweens or people my age that watch Laguna Beach. I think that was the name of the show. Now, here's the thing. Like, so Laguna Beach was a show. And now I don't know this. Like, like, and I think it was actually probably, I mean, I don't think this is uh, strange to say. It was probably the, I don't know if it was the first. And I'm not exactly sure. I never read so much about the production of these shows uh, that it was it a soft scripted reality show. I think that's what you call it. Uh, but I'm not positive about that. Like it, it had the look and the feel of a reality show. Uh, uh, but like it was like a, there was always something going on and uh, always a little bit of DR to the A to the M and to the A. Yeah, so that uh, it was tough to know. It, I, I mean, it, it was tough to believe, but it was presented in a way that it almost felt real. And I'm being honest, I just don't have any idea if it was a reality show or if it was soft scripted and what was known at the time. I know there was a spinoff that I did not watch or one or two spinoffs, but one time I was in, um, where was I? I was probably in uh, uh, a village in New York, um, and they were filming it, and I, ha- I, ha- I hadn't watched the spinoff, so I didn't know. And two of the characters, like the two famous ones uh, uh, from the spinoff, uh, uh, were, were, wa- were walking there. I mean, I was in the Kristen and Lauren. That was my uh, era of Laguna beach. Uh, so I don't know, like the, 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 the stars that came after them. And I think I only like, I just really only watched, I swear I only watched Laguna beach. Uh, I mean, I'm, I like, I can't always have time to get caught up in like a soap opera. That's, a, that's what worked about Laguna beach. I guess that's what I'm saying is, uh, it kind of felt like a reality show. Uh, but it was like, it had aspects of like a high school soap opera. So, but you probably should go there for the festival of the arts or the sawdust festival and the festival pageant of the masters, uh, where amazing works of art are recreated live on, on stage with live actors, uh, versus like Scoots trying to remember the plot, you know, Laguna beach, uh, uh, at the time, I had someone, my friend that was close to me, uh, they had a, a, a daughter in high school. So I remember kind of like uh, when, when I, I would be like, huh, like I'd be putting like uh, their friends in the same categories. Like I'd be like, is that that surfer kid? Is that the kid that's going off to college? Uh, like, uh, you know, like uh, so I don't know. That was just stuff I think about. And now, next we'll head to New Zealand uh, to visit Rachel from Otago, Otago. Uh, now, they don't have state flowers, but uh, Rachel has apples and roses in the garden. And there's a town uh, there called Ma Mosgiel, M-O-S-G-I-E-L. I before E, except after C, and something in the way is a neighbor in way. So I don't know if, uh, uh, there's a Hollywood si- style, a uh, sign on the hill leading in. That would be cool. Uh, that someone in the fifties, uh, uh, thought it would be a good marketing idea. They call it the Hollywood of the South, uh, Otago or Otago or something else. Uh, you, do you know the way to go to go to Otago? Uh, that could be that one. So, thank you, Rachel. Bren is from Texas. Oh, boy. Now, Bren's favorite uh, flower is Greg's Mist Flower, which is grown in the garden, uh, Bren's garden, and it's a monarch magnet. And that's good. So, the monarchs have a place uh, to, to, to stop and uh, refresh themselves. I don't know if they where monarchs relieve themselves, but it's probably good for the garden if they do. 
have to talk to Bernie about that. Uh, the town of Ennis or Enis, uh, E-N-N-I-S, I think it's Ennis. Uh, don't try to rhyme with Enis because uh, it should be obvious, Scoots. Even rhyming with en- Ennis, uh, Ennis or Enis. The second one. So it's not too far away. It has a population of 18,500. It's known for one of being one of the best places to see blue bonnets in the spring, uh, which is the Texas state flower. So if you're into flowers, Greg's Mist Flower and Blue Bonnets, check out Texas. Uh, Robin is from uh, Byron Bay, Australia, which uh, came up on that podcast we did about Australia. Uh, again, their state flower is the Waratah. Almost rhymes with Murtaugh. Murtaugh was played by Danny Glover in a movie, uh, like, uh, called, uh, don't play with this. It's a toy. Don't play with these toys or something. It was called, uh, so I don't know if, uh, Waratah and Murtaugh, that, that's just what I guess I went off on a tangent there. Uh, Byron Bay is a beach town in, uh, in far North, uh, uh, New South Wales. Uh, or NSW for short. Uh, it's well known by backpackers uh, and most who come to visit Australia, primary for, for for beaches, beauty, climate, and the laid back hippie culture. So that's good to know too. Check that out. Uh, next up is Jill, born in New York City. Uh, uh, Jill, like I said, dandelions, uh, but currently lives in Greater Boston. Uh, Mrs. Going to uh, double features, uh, where you could kick back, uh, and put your feet up and, uh, says there's a lot of great places, uh, uh to sing amazing grace. Like in, uh, there's something similar to like when I sang through the, uh, what was that thing called? The, the time capsule, the tube and Boston is a good place to go, uh, to watch, uh, for the 4th of July. Another Maryland, Maryland's getting a lot of uh, shout out power here. Uh, Wendy's from Bethesda, Maryland. And as we should know by now, uh, it's a black eyed Susan. Their state bird is, yes, the Oriole, correct. Uh, now, the Orioles have won uh, three World Series. First, I do have a good friend that's an Orioles fan. First one was in 1966. And Wendy was in Baltimore at the time. Uh, it was exciting, even though uh, they don't necessarily follow uh, sports of any kind. Here's interesting. There's 15 towns in Maryland with a population in the range of 18,000 to 22,000 people. Yeah. Now, in Hunts Valley, you could find uh, Coxieville, C-O-C-K-E-Y-S-I-V-S-I-V-L-L, Coxieville. It's near the Pennsylvania border. It's a lovely little place uh, in a, a convenient stop. Uh, and uh, if you're visiting Wendy's sister, you could stop there for sure. Uh, Molina's from Sherwood, Oregon. And that happens to have a population of about 19,000, just outside of uh, uh, the largest city in Oregon, or Oregon, you know, depending, Portland, the city of Roses, I believe. Uh, but don't get it twisted because uh, the state flowers, the Oregon grape, uh, which, uh, uh, as uh, Molina as a kid thought, was like a fruit. Uh, it turns out it's a yellow flower on a shrub. This is good to know, too. Uh, don't, you know, then if somebody offers me an Oregon grape, I'll say, can I wear it in my hair? Um, or can I take it home as shrubbery? Uh, but it's also known as a holly-leaved barberry which Oregon grape sounds way better. Here's some free advice that nobody wants to take, but if you, you, you know, if you live in Portland, you have a, um, are there already sports teams called the Oregon grape? Yeah, because that would be cool. If, if there is, I, can anybody point me towards where I can buy some merch? Uh, also, especially if it's a big, uh, like shrub, uh, with yellow flowers, that would be even cooler. You'd say, what's your mascot, the Oregon grape? Oh, like, uh, is it a big grape or is it like a grape ape? Remember that grape ape? And you say, no, what are you talking about? The Oregon grape's a shrub with a yellow flower. 
You say, oh, well, naturally, I thought it was a fruit, like the grape. Uh, and you say, oh, okay, yeah, no, that makes total sense. Uh, so that's, like, that's cool. And Oregon's a state I really like. Now, Jason is from the central coast of uh, New South Wales. We're getting a lot of NSW cred here. Uh, their state flower is the wattle, W-A-T-T-L-E. Broken Hill is a mining town in the west of the state with a population of about 18,000. Uh, best known as the place where BHP was founded. Also, uh, anyone, a famous movie, uh, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, that's where their destination was. Uh, Broken Hill. I visited there a few years back, learned that the hill that inspired the name of the town has uh, long since gone. Oh, this is funny. So I guess it did get broken in the end. That's that's holy. Uh, this sweet, sweet irony there. Holy mackerel. So put that on my bucket list. Uh, in Waddle. W-A, I love saying Waddle. If, if, you see, if, if you see me at the fair, I'll be wearing a Waddle in my hair. Is it, oh, there's a character in Star Wars named Watto, not Waddle. And next up, one of the moderators, uh, Stacy, living in uh, Hermosa Beach, uh, or lives in Los Angeles, but next door is Hermosa Beach, population about 19,000. Uh, Hermosa Beach is about 75 degrees in the summer, so per- popular for sunbathing, volleyball, surfing, paddling, cycling, and running. I believe my uncle Jimmy lived in Hermosa Beach uh, uh, for a while. Uh, Margarita, uh, Margarita uh, is from Portuguese, uh, Portuguese, uh, but it been living in Belgium for the past three years, and picked uh, two places with eighteen thousand inhabitants, uh, one from each country in Portugal. Uh, most specifically, in the Azores, uh, is a town called Angra. Do Heroismo, uh, and it's an island in the middle of the Atlantic. Uh, uh, Margarita's dad uh, studied there as a child. It's a UNESCO World Heritage Site, uh, beautiful, and it sounds like a great place to visit. And then in Belgium, uh, Blankenberg, uh, that's just like it sounds, Blankenberg, uh, a uh, popular coastal town, tons of places near the beach to eat and drink. Uh, once went there and friends to enjoy the surprisingly warm waters of the North Sea. Okay, this just in. Yeah, this is big news. Uh, somebody get me a flight to Blankenberg uh, when it's swimming weather, because I love swimming in the sea. And if the waters are surprisingly warm, that's even better, because uh, that means you can swim. For, I mean, the main reason being because you can swim longer. Because, like, in the Bay Area, even if you go in the ocean, like, even when it's calm or you find a spot, uh, even, like, an hour, within an hour, uh, even if it's warm outside, the water doesn't really get warm. Uh, none of those places have specific flowers, uh, but uh, uh, margarita means uh, daisy in Portuguese, if that counts. And maybe, uh, hopefully I'm getting the pronunciation correct. Uh, uh, but, man... Uh, Azores, that's how you say it, right? Azores, I think. Uh, I'd like to, man, I got two new, I guess so many new spots. Thanks, everybody, for participating in this. Uh, Susan from Mississippi, uh, which is the state flowers, the Magnolia. And Vicksburg is a town of about 22,000. Uh, the Union siege was there uh, in 1863. And that's where the surrender was. Uh, and uh, Susan went there on a fifth grade uh, field trip uh, to the military park in Vicksburg. But what's more memorable for Susan was a 200-acre scale model of the Mississippi River Basin uh, at the nearby Waterways Experiment Center. But all things are permanent. It, it uh, is now derelict. Uh, I don't know if anybody listened to the... um. Uh, it was a 99PI uh, episode where I think Avery Truffleman went to visit one of the mo- like working models of San Francisco Bay that you have to kind of sneak into. Or maybe it was this. Uh, this sounds interesting. Uh, maybe it was this one. Waters, Waterways Experiment Station. 
Now I got to go check that out too. Yeah, so thank you, Susan. Ginger is from Michigan and New Mexico. Uh, has a favorite flowering shrub, lilacs. Uh, uh, they live in uh, rural areas of both states that don't have towns with that many people. For, for instance, Hastings, Michigan uh, has a population of about 6,000. It's a cute downtown, friendly people, lots of wakes, lakes. Friendly people, lots of lakes and trees. And then Taos, New Mexico has a similar population that has mountains, high desert, triculture, fabulous food. And uh, Ginger wanted to give a shout out to dogs. Uh, Emelou is uh, Ginger's golden doodle. Uh, so that's awesome, too. Now, here's another. Here's our second Bethesda of the episode. But this is Bethesda, Tennessee. Uh, Janet, who's uh, as a child was called uh, Janbury uh, by Janet's siblings, uh, raised in Arlington, Virginia, uh, near Bethesda, Maryland. So you can't get enough Bethesda here. State flowers and iris uh, usually considered to be purple. Nearest town, eighteen thousand people, was uh, Franklin, Tennessee, uh, which was quiet until. for 180, 180 years, uh, it's named for Benjamin Franklin. Uh, Janet worked uh, worked in Franklin for a long time uh, and uh, heard about Sleep With Me on an NPR interview. That's cool. Thank you, Janet. Uh, Sandra is from up north in Ontario, Ontario Canada. Uh, their provincial flowers of white trillium. Uh, which can be found in most of the forests around where they live. Uh, Collingwood is right here in the Georgian Bay, which was once a shipbuilding port. Nowadays, uh, quite a few NHL players come from uh, Collingwood. Now, Trillium makes me think of Trillion from the Hitchhiker's Guide, which was also like uh, one of the first... uh, I don't know if you will remember this, uh, but like, uh, like when you use instant messengers before people had phones... And there was a couple of competing instant messengers. I think AIM was the biggest one at the time. Uh, but And I don't know the other ones. But you could use, um, maybe Yahoo had their own too. Uh, but you could use Trillion, uh, not Trillium, which was uh, you were able to log into all and use all your instant messaging in one place. I loved that app. I didn't really use it too much, except for my younger brother's friends would pop in and say, you know, because then I learned to just quit because they say, hey, what are you doing? Uh, so that's Trillion or Trillium. Uh, uh, next up, Rochelle from Oklahoma, a uh, big fan of wildflowers growing along the roads. Uh, now, as a child in the 80s, they said the safe flower was the thistle which Rochelle said, that's pretty boring. Uh, and uh, they weren't the only one because it was changed to the Oklahoma Rose in 2004. Now, Claremore has a population of 18,766, the home of Will Rogers. Uh, there's a Will Rogers Memorial, uh, which also has a museum. And the musical Oklahoma was set in Claremore. And finally, uh, Jan was the last person to post here when I'm recording. Uh, uh, Jan from southern Minnesota, the state flowers, the pink and white lady slipper. New Ulm, U-L-M, Ulm, is a town about 40 minutes away. It's got a population of 13,357, 13,357, not 13 people, 0.357. That's the amount of voices in my head during the day. Uh, the town has a 102 monument, 102 foot monument depicting Herman the Chioscurin, uh, the ancient hero whose army C H E R U S C R C A N, ancient hero whose army liberated Germany from Roman rule in 99 A.D. Uh, as German uh, immigrants came to the United States, uh, the legend of Hermann as the father of German independence and the symbol of honor uh, came with them. It took a decade to complete. It's a 4,000-pound statue. 
It was designated by the Congress in 2000 as a national symbol of German heritage. Also, New Ulm is the home of Shell Brewing. So that's uh, so that's that. I'm Drew now. Something I guess I share. And I live in California, which are state flowers, the California poppy, which I do like. I, I say for a state flower, I think it's good if you could catch it in the wild and it looks good. Uh, and, and I think that's both the yeses for the California poppy and maybe not too much flash. Uh, now, I think I shared like a town near us uh, uh, that has a population of about 18,000 is uh, Arcata. And so there's like Arcata, Eureka. I think uh, like I get all these mixed up and I had like, uh, there's a, one of the, like, uh, Alexandra, the founder of the, um, uh, listener Facebook group with Laura, uh, is, it lives up there, but I always get all this. There's a uh, Ukiah, Eureka, Eureka. I think there's two different Eurekas, uh, maybe. And then there's Arcata. And I get all those places mixed up. But Arcadia, I know, has a population. And let me see. I wrote it down. It's about 18,000 people. I think it's like 17-something. And I remember, so this is an interesting story to finish off with uh, because it has a lot to do with the podcast, even though it's before the podcast. And so this, ooh, I wonder what year this was. Uh, I don't know what year this was, but it was uh, the holidays. And it had to be, it was definitely in the aughts. Uh, it was definitely probably like 2000. I wonder if it was like, uh, it was somewhere in the, the mid aughts and may, maybe early aughts. I'd say somewhere 2003, 4, 5. Uh, I don't think it was 2006 or later, but could have been as late as 2006. But so I went on a road trip uh, uh, north. Uh, and drove uh, with my partner at the time uh, through the bed from the Bay Area in our, all the way to Vancouver. Never been to Vancouver or Portland at this point. And so this was a total road trip. Now, this was right when I had discovered podcasts. I think at the time I had an iPod. I'm pretty sure I did. So probably it was 2005, may, maybe it was 2005 turning to 2006. In a discovered podcast. Now, this was before I think they were even on iTunes. So you had, um, I would go to the site. I, I think the main, there's uh, two sites, Podcast Alley, and I forget the name of the other site, but I, I went there. You would go there and then you would download them and put them on your iPod. It could have been that I still had a mini disc player and I had to put them on a mini disc. Like, uh, so I'm not sure exactly which one it was. Uh, but I, I think it's probably like on the like an old like uh, non-solid state iPod with a like a floppy drive, like a, a hard drive. And I just remember that trip was when I fell in love with podcasts. I listened to, I had downloaded a ton of podcasts. Uh, I mean, this was early on, and uh, I was listening to I would listen to anything that was kind of just anything I thought I might be interested in. And some of the ones I listened to were uh, Ricky Gervais. I was like, there, there was like a lot of uh, Disney hobbyist and theme park hobbyist podcasts I listened to. The Dawn and Drew show, uh, uh, Rick Steves. Uh, there was like these things, like kind of like a book by this guy, Scott Sigler. It was like a, a sci-fi uh, novel done in chapters. There's probably a lot of other stuff I was listening to at the time, but those are the ones that just pop into the top of my head. So I just associate that trip. And then, so on the way back, we drove up. It went to, uh, drove, I think, straight through to Portland or maybe stopped on the way. I think Portland's like 10 hours away. Uh, stopped there. It then drove to Vancouver, I think, then Seattle, or Seattle, then Vancouver. I can't remember which one went went which direction. Uh, spent a couple of days in each one, then drove back down uh, to visit friends in Arcata. And this was an El Nino year, so it was raining very hard, and then we got to Arcata, and they said, oh, all the roads are closed. We got in, uh, but then all the roads were closed, uh, 
And that kind of was fun. And then it ended up that uh, one of the people we were staying with, one of our friends, uh, they were into they were into podcasts too, and they liked Dawn and Drew, which was like a comedy podcast. And so it was a great shared moment. And then it, now this is like a like when when I was like delivering furniture, so it was like I had to get back. Uh, so then it just happened that it was New Year's Eve, and the um, roads were open. And it was a strange New Year's Eve. We just, like we had a rental car, and we left on New Year's Eve, and the rental car was due back like that day. And I'll never forget. Like uh, it was, on, we were on the road. Ret- like uh, we were returning the rental car uh, when New Year's Eve became New Year's Eve. Uh, we drove through the Bay Area. Like we drove down eighty uh, through Berkeley and stuff. And I don't know if anybody from the Bay Area knows like. There was no cars, like, because it was like 11 o'clock on New Year's Eve. It was like the smoothest drive you could ever do. And, uh, yeah, that was, uh, so that's a little bit about me. And it really, this uh, whole idea of this episode, and it did work out. See, so it leaned in and it let things flow. Uh, but really, this show only exists because of those of you that support it. And, and that's not to take it away from, I realize not everybody's in a place where you could support a podcast totally. So this is by celebrating the people that do. It's not taking away from the people that don't. Actually, it's celebrating them because they make it possible. And, you know, it really, that's like uh, what this whole time capsule thing was about, was uh, really saying, holy cow. It's just unbelievable to me. I started the podcast just like a, a kind of bread maker or a flower. Like, what if the person was growing flowers, right? And they said, well, geez, I, like I was thinking about crossing a Murtaugh with a, uh, you know, an Oregon grape uh, and a California poppy. I don't know if you can, you know, making a hybrid flower uh, that, you know, makes people smile. And each year, first year, you know, they, they like uh, made, you know, whatever, however, what, for 150 it grows to the flower and that got distributed so many times. And the next year they made 130 more, uh, seedlings and those got distributed, you know, double the amount of times. And then the next year they said, wow, I didn't realize, uh, you know, I need some help with this, uh, to keep it going, uh, to make it work. And, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I couldn't have done it without you. And it could show couldn't have grown without those of you sharing the word, uh, spreading the word about the show, too. So thank you so much uh, for letting me make this podcast for you. Maybe this is like the second or the last podcast or the, of the year or the first of next year new one. So, yeah, I just wanted you to know I really, really appreciate you. And thanks for listening and falling asleep, too. Good night. <laughs>